1: I have been honoured to talk to many scholars and practitioners in this podcast on whether and how physical activity and sport can contribute to a sense of meaning, purpose and value in people's lives. Yet, we still don't have so many empirical studies that explore these questions and many of the conversations have been theoretical or philosophical. Therefore, I'm very excited to be talking today to a researcher who has conducted empirical studies on purpose in life, including in relation to the domain of physical activity. Dr. Aisha Yemishigel is a postdoctoral research fellow at the Human Flourishing Program at Harvard University. Her research has explored the relationship between work and well-being, how people find meaning and purpose in work and life, and purpose in life and retirement. And as already mentioned, Recently, she has also explored the relationship between physical activity and purpose in life. Welcome to the podcast, Aisha. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today.
0: Hello, and thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be in a program that have long been thinking about the questions that I have been doing empirical research on. So thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm absolutely sure that this will be very exciting episode for the listeners of the podcast and reading your study I when I first saw it coming out on physical activity and purpose in life I thought that oh I have to get in touch and talk to you but Mm -hmm. so before getting into that exciting research I would just love to hear a little bit about your journey and and your um, research also more broadly
0: of course, happy to share. Um, I'm from Turkey and I studied there. Uh, my undergraduate degree was in business administration and economics. And then I was very excited about this new field of behavioral science that were, that was emerging when I was just graduating. And I moved to the UK and did my master's and PhD in behavioral science at Warwick University. And uh, somewhere in my PhD, I became a visiting fellow at Harvard Kennedy School. So moved to the US and now I'm doing my postdoc here at the Human Flourishing Programme and uh, so that's kind of my academic journey but um, I can also talk a little bit about the topics that I study if you absolutely
1: like. yes that'd be exciting okay. yeah mm-hmm.
0: uh, so in general I have been a well-being researcher but uh, as you and your listeners may know well-being is a broad team it's a multifaceted construct so one well-being concept that I have been very passionate about is a sense of meaning and purpose in life uh, so I Decided to do a PhD when I found out about this concept, purpose, sense of purpose in life. I found it was fascinating. And um, and I'm mainly looking at, as an economist, I, I use a lot of quantitative skills and uh, tools. So I tend to look at uh, the broad question I'm trying to answer is, what are the social, economic, and work-related determinants of having a sense of meaning and purpose in life? And this, uh, under this question, I have studied uh, the impacts of retirement, uh, working in socially useful jobs, working from home. So different, looking at different work-related factors, but also uh, trying to understand how the impacts of work on well-being and meaning and purpose differs across people from uh, different socioeconomic groups. So that has been an important uh, question for me. And in this research, I've mostly found uh, inequalities that we are now used to seeing in many different domains. They also exist in this area, in how much people can find meaning and satisfaction uh, from work. So that's kind of one, one broad question. But at the same time, I'm also in my most recent research looking at um, educational and developmental contexts to understand the skills and strategies and interventions that we can use to enhance sense of meaning and purpose in life and well-being among people so that's the second stream of research and the physical activity paper he, it's, uh, it was my first ever paper uh, so Anna will talk about it more but it, it dates back even most of this uh, most recent research that I had
1: Yeah, and I saw your paper on retirement and purpose in life. That was fairly recently published. Exactly. It it came out last week, actually. Yes, and I found Mm -hmm. it very exciting. So can you maybe tell me a little bit about the findings in that study?
0: Of course, of course, so uh, in this study, uh, we were looking at the impacts of retirement on sense of purpose in life, but generally what what motivated us uh, in that research was this idea that we have in our societies a narrative that work is an inherent source of meaning and purpose. And that it organizes our lives, it organizes our identity. So it's hard to imagine a life of meaning without work. And uh, when we were looking at the existing data on the impacts of retirement and purpose, the relationship between these two, we found a similar... Uh, and the data was supporting this narrative in the sense that there was a negative correlation between retiring and purpose in life so people tend to experience a decrease in purpose around retirement but that was a problem with this data set because the existing data was mostly all of them was correlational and uh and in the correlational data it is really hard to exactly pinpoint the causal impact. There are many factors. As people age, they are more likely to retire and they also experience a decline in purpose. So it's possible that the correlations are picking up this parallel trend and and that they are not really picking up the causal impact of retirement per se. So we used um, a statistical tool from Econometrics and, uh, and looked at the causal impact of retirement in the context of social security retirement incentives in the u.s and in the u.s at the ages of uh, 62 and around the age of 65 people are uh, they can uh, they can get monetary incentive financial incentives to retire and so th- this creates a jump in retirement at that age so we looked at the what's going on with purpose as a result of that exogenous jump that we see in the data and we found an increase in sense of purpose in life. Uh, we found that people were reporting over the four years after they retired, uh, quite sizable increase in sense of purpose in life. And, uh, and what we also found was this, this was driven by people from uh, with lower income and lower education. So generally, uh, socioeconomic status uh, mattered a lot uh, in defining who is driving this effect of Uh, increased purpose and because these individuals were working in jobs that they weren't satisfied with so they found more meaning and purpose in activities that are not in work after retirement we we've had some exploratory data showing they were spending more time with their grandchildren they were exercising more so all these other ways of having meaning and purpose in life were opening up for them after retirement these were findings
1: (laughs) that that's very interesting and just like you said, it challenges this narrative and the centrality of work that we have in our societies. And there are tons of studies on meaningful work. It's, it's a very hot topic at the moment, but it's not, there aren't as many studies on meaningful leisure and, and meaningful activities such as physical activity and sport. So mm-hmm. I think your, your work kind of also opens this question that, well, people do have other, uh, types of meaningful activities in their life. So I think it's very interesting, but very important to remember this socioeconomic status and that some jobs offer more possibilities for, for meaningful work than others. And I think that's also an important point.
0: That is definitely true. And uh, we, it's, you're very right. We tend to th- not think of leisure as meaningful we always look at (laughs) uh more difficult and maybe less fun contexts uh to to seek meaning and purpose but sometimes uh, i think it's uh, you're very right in saying that leisure can also be meaningful Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and i've find it interesting so it's the purpose in life is the concept that your phd work has focused on for example whereas so far in in the podcast and i've been mainly working with this concept of meaning and so i would be just interested in how you conceptualize the difference between meaning and purpose and maybe Mm -hmm. you can connect it to other psychological constructs such as well-being
0: definitely um, so, meaning, uh, according to the latest consensus in the scientific uh, psychology among psychological scientists, which was hard to reach, I think maybe there is not even uh, as solid a consensus even now. But um, meaning is. Tend to uh, we tend to think of meaning as something general more general than purpose. So it's the meaning is like the broad umbrella under which purpose exists and uh, and there are other components to meaning like coherence is one. Uh, the fact that our lives make sense, it's understandable and the other component is mattering uh, that our life is important, it feels worthwhile the activities that we engage in and then the purpose purpose is more the motivational and goal related a little bit more behavioral uh component of meaning and the per the kind of purpose that i have been working with in this physical activity research and also in the retirement research is the a sense of purpose in life so um the way we measure that and uh, carol riff uh, where I'm using Carol Riff scale uh, it exists in most of the publicly available data uh, it's mainly assessed by questions like I have a sense of direction and purpose in life uh, I have goals and activities uh, that give my life meaning so I'm it's a little bit of uh, future directed uh, it's having it's finding meaning and direction while looking into the future uh, so there's that. Uh, element to it as well but there are I'm sure you've probably talked about this but there are different ways of approaching measuring purpose as well but in when it's addressed as a well-being concept usually we tend to think of a sense of purpose in life Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and in relation to well-being what what do we Mm -hmm. know about sense of purpose in relation to that
0: yes uh so when I um when I first started doing my PhD and the reason why I was uh, so amazed by the idea of sense of purpose was because uh, I lacked it at one point (laughs) and uh, I've gone through this existential crisis and uh, where I didn't know what to do with my future after the college and didn't know which career was good for me, what what was I good at, Uh, so a lot of questions about who am i what gives meaning to my life and and in, at that um during that crisis i used to exercise a lot like i'm a, i used to be a volleyball uh like I was in the teams, volleyball teams, being a captain there, and professional tennis player. So that was my youth. But when I was going through this existential crisis, I just quit um, sports, and uh, so my mental health, my physical, I started smoking two packages of cigarettes a day. So I, my mental health and physical health completely deteriorated, and uh, and it was really difficult to pick myself up after that. But what really helped me was to to see this concept of sense of purpose in life in the well-being literature. And I, and I started reading a little bit of, uh, these early research because purpose initially was started to look to, from a more pathological point of view in a sense that it was mostly psychiatrists like Viktor Frankl who were, uh, looking at, um, uh, trying to understand, uh, beh- like, Behaviors like smoking, alcohol, unhealthy behaviors. And they found a strong link between people lacking, uh, or reporting lower sense of purpose in life, reporting a higher likelihood to engage in this, in these unhealthy behaviors. And I was really, uh, I found myself in that research and I felt like validated and I felt, oh, I'm not alone. This is a broader scale problem. And, uh, many people are experiencing this. And and I also thought, okay, if we can measure this and identify it, we can also solve it. Uh, but at the same time, so uh, positive psychology research has proliferated in the last uh, decade or so. So rather than looking at these more um, negative, unhealthy outcomes like uh, smoking and alcohol. Researchers have started to uh, produce uh, findings that show a link between positive health outcomes and sense of purpose in life. So in this line of work, um, we now know that sense of purpose in life is positively related to uh, eating well, flossing your teeth. <laughs> so a wide range of positive health behaviors and at the same time, other positive well-being outcomes like feeling happy, um, feeling happy on a day-to-day basis, like reporting less stress, reporting less f- negative feelings. So it I think the evidence is now quite solid showing how uh, beneficial purpose is for overall mental health, all components of it, reduced risk of depression, reduced risk of anxiety. So all sorts of uh, mental well-being outcomes have been predicted by a sense of purpose in life.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. I will go back to your own sport experience. I think this will be very interesting for our listeners, especially from a reflective person uh, like yourself. So you mentioned that stopping sports was kind of connected to that existential crisis so I wonder whether you rebuild some other type of relationship with physical activity yourself and Mm -hmm. I'm (laughs) also wonder because sport is somehow a way of having some sense of purpose in life because you always have a next goal right Mm -hmm. so it gives you a structure if you're in a team you have your next competitions and you have the season and you have a common goal towards to work for so in some sense it does give us a way of orienting ourselves to future goals
0: that is definitely true i feel so this is going to be speculation but maybe um maybe i was too deep in the (laughs) uh in unhappiness and lack of purpose that I could imagine that sports can, uh, can do that. And that's what research shows, but to really get up and do it. <laughs> and, uh, that's probably true. Uh, maybe not as much of a strong, um, pull, uh, for people who are deeply depressed, <laughs>
1: mm, if yes. that
0: makes sense. So mm. for me, it was, uh, I was far from, uh, picking up sports because it was a uh, it was a uh, it required a lot of effort that i didn't have at that time but um but i think so but that's a bit of an outlier it's a bit of an extreme so we would expect sports to have that effect if maybe if i was early enough and uh, i could or maybe if i if we were thinking of sports in this way maybe it didn't even occur to me that sports could could lift me up in that way. If I pushed myself a little bit harder and really tried to maintain those behaviors, maybe that could be a preventive factor to, to not fall through the cliff of, of this mental health outcomes. So it is possible that we didn't have, or I didn't have anybody to put this idea in my head that (laughs) it could have worked. (laughs) Sports could have helped. It's Mm -hmm. very interesting to think about this way.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. and after that in terms of you stopped doing sport in an organized setting but did you then later on in your life pick up some activities or how is it for you now
0: yeah so an interesting thing for me maybe it's a it's a tangential discussion but uh, most of my sports activities were social so it's volleyball tennis clubs like I I think one of the ways sports um i loved sports was this connection with a community and being a team friendships and uh, another like interesting thing is that as i grew up so these these setups were readily available in a school context right like there is a volleyball team at school there's a tennis team at school and when i'm when i was living uh, there's a tennis club right next to my home so they were around me they were in my environment but uh i have been moving uh so many countries and jobs uh, after after college, and uh, and I never had another chance of having a team or a club right next to my home where I can consistently go to. So um, for me, on a personal, in my personal relationship with physical activity, uh, I'm really sad because I think uh, I wish that we had more chances of having this kind of social. Uh, like socialized sports around me because that's how I like to exercise. Not really more. I don't exercise on an individual. Go for a run. That's not my thing. Uh, but yeah, it is becoming more difficult uh, in an adult life. We don't have the social uh, infrastructure to provide these kind of social group settings. There are tennis clubs, but they cost a lot of money. And there are private. You need to have a recommendation to get in. Sports should be more accessible, especially community community sports.
1: I agree on that. And I guess we share this experience of moving to another country several times and that can easily like it poses a challenge if you're in a team sport or if you are a part of a sport club for example so I guess I was protected in a sense that I do uh, running which you can do anywhere and I was running alone quite a big part of my running life so it didn't make a big difference or then practicing martial arts that I can do together with my partner so we don't necessarily need to find the club but I think this is a big part of like the early career academics are nowadays very much expected to migrate
0: exactly
1: and for that continuing your ways that you want to do sport this is certainly not so easy
0: that's that's definitely true, and we know there is data supporting this. That changing locations, relocation is uh is a habit breaker, and uh, it is really difficult to maintain habits uh, when you are frequently relocating, and uh, and it disrupts physical activity uh, behaviors uh, quite strongly. So we have data supporting uh, the personal anecdotes. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, absolutely. I think we'll finish up soon and I want to use our second part of the discussion really on this empirical study on that you've done on physical activity. But you also do some work on uh, meaningful work or meaning and purpose in work. Could you maybe just say a few more things about that? I think that will be very interesting as Mm -hmm. well.
0: Definitely. Um, So currently, I think the way we think of meaningful work is either the way I measured it is either looking at work related factors and how they, how they predict sense of meaning and purpose. But we can also uh, think about meaningful work is a more uh, predefined thing. So it's like work that, makes a social impact we tend to define meaningful work that way work that fits who we are that fits our interests and our authentic true self goals in life on a personal level so that's work that's meaningful for the self but also work that makes an impact that has serves a greater purpose is also thought of as meaningful work so um so i started to research a little bit this idea of socially impactful jobs as well as a, to understand meaningful work um and there i think the the findings that we find in our in our research is is a little bit similar to the retirement in the sense that uh, what, what we looked at is we tried to understand the relationship between socially impactful jobs and job satisfaction or in general because we we measure job satisfaction as, a, uh, as an outcome of well-being somehow. It's a proxy. proxy. It's not really great. Uh, it's not exactly well-being, but it's still, it could be thought of as work well-being. And uh, we know uh, from, the, from the literature that people who work in caring professions, for example, they tend to report higher burnout. So uh, working in pro- so useful job, socially useful jobs tend to uh, correlate negatively with well-being. But in general, uh, we wanted to look at more general population right now. Anybody who can find, who can perceive their jobs to be socially useful rather than limiting it into a certain industry. And uh, and there, there's a positive correlation between job satisfaction. People appreciate that their jobs can be thought of as, uh, as meaningful, as useful. But... Um, what we wanted to look at is uh, how does this change across countries, especially in contexts where there is financial and economic volatility. So we use data from about thirty countries around the world, and uh, and we tested. Uh, we use macroeconomic volatility as a as a measure at the country level. So we'll, we looked at this relationship, positive relationship between socially useful jobs and job satisfaction, and how it changes in countries where there is high economic volatility. And what we found was that, of course, the relationship was weaker. And, uh, and what was stronger was the relationship between uh, financial rewards and job satisfaction. So when the economic context is, is poor and it's volatile, uh, people derive more well-being from, uh, income or from monetary compensation as opposed to meaning in work. And, uh, that's what we found in our research. And at this, at about the same time, another find, another study also came out showing something similar with, uh, people who grew up in the U.S. in economic recession, uh, again, deriving more, uh, well-being benefits from, um, financial rewards and less well-being benefits from meaning at work. So in general, I think there's, uh, uh, this evidence base is growing, suggesting that, uh, meaningful work uh, may not be as accessible uh, in certain contexts and uh, and that determines to what extent it's uh, it's good for well-being so opportunities for meaningful work are not distributed equally and opportunities to enjoy meaningful work are also not distributed equally
1: yeah that's uh,
0: what we find
1: <laughs> yes i think we don't have like in a sport context, we don't have large-scale studies that would focus on meaningful work. What I do find in some of my qualitative studies was that, for example, for athletes themselves, some of them would feel that they being an athlete can be a little bit selfish, that it doesn't contribute to anything good beyond yourself, that you are kind of pursuing your self-interest. Whereas if you talk to sport coaches, And I talked to volunteer coaches and some of them would talk about their sport coaching as a vocation, for example. So it's strongly Mm -hmm. about this contributing to the community and giving back and, you know, being a part of the club and making sure with your own effort that the club will continue to future generations and so on. So those findings it might be easier for sport coaches to justify why their work is worth doing in that social, you know, that bigger perspective than at least for some athletes.
0: Yeah. That is so fascinating. I agree. And I think one question that this is popping up in my head is how much that would predict people's reactions to failure, um, especially for professional athletes, because, you um, what we know that from what we could predict is that maybe people who approach sports as a vocation as a calling as a socially impactful uh, occupation could be more resilient or their uh, how much they uh, suffer as a result of failure uh, could be lower than than others so it's uh, or this could even mean even when It is also possible that even when there is not like a direct relationship impact on others in the sense that you may be an individual athlete, but the way you construe your sports or why you race, why you compete, and that narrative could involve others. Maybe people believing that they represent a certain uh, part of the society, a racial group, a gender group, and that they are racing for them and uh, and then all of a sudden even individual athletes as a job could be something uh, much more self-transcendent and meaningful and that's uh that construal can can shape their um performance uh well-being reactions to failure this is such an interesting idea
1: yeah it is that's fascinating so many <laughs> So many new ideas right there uh, to explore in future work. That will be so important as well. Thank you so much, Aisha. Let's finish up for our first part, have a tiny break, and then we talk about your work on physical activity and purpose in life.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Nora. This was fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast.